The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get Roman.com slash SGP. Get you $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win a million dollars. That's right, a million bucks. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest in prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam and use the promo code SGP to get 5% off sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Tons to get to. Ring the bell. We are back in with another edition of our boxing podcast off the Big Fight Weekend website. I am merely the somewhat rested, somewhat competent host of the show. Shortly, Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com is here to try to decipher, to try to decode, to try to help me figure out what's going on with the heavyweight title picture because while some may have thought that it was Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, oh, no, 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 no. We are now off of that after an arbitrator has ruled in favor of former WBC champ Deontay Wilder to say, you get a third rematch, my friend, a third fight with Tyson Fury. So now we're talking Fury Wilder, and Marquise is here to talk with me about that. And we're obviously here to preview the undisputed junior welterweight world title fight, 140 pounds in Las Vegas with fans, Jose Ramirez of Mexico, uh, who has two of the belts, obviously. Josh Taylor of Scotland, who has the other two undisputed on the line. We're going to talk a lot about that fight with Marquise and also our special guest, T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show in Las Vegas who will be on with us in a little bit to set the scene from Vegas as they're welcoming fans for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020 uh, began. Again, a lot of other places have had fans at sporting events. Nevada just now getting with the program and just now for boxing, allowing the fans uh, at uh, partial capacity. TC will set the stage on that uh, in a bit. Again, however you found this podcast, whether it was a social media link, whether it was our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network fleet of shows, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dant, all the guys that do all of the shows and all of the stuff with the Sports Gambling Podcast and their website, they help promote us. Make sure you subscribe to Big Fight Weekend on any of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe. We're typically here on Fridays in the preview mode, previewing Friday and Saturday for the weekend. But for example, if you were subscribed and you are subscribed, we did a bonus podcast earlier in the week on the whole ruling from the arbitrator of Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, the third fight. And so we came in with a special podcast earlier in the week. 
you get that automatically if you're subscribed. You'll get the ding. You'll get the notification. So typically, we're here in the preview mode for the weekend, but we sometimes come with recap podcasts, special podcasts. If you're subscribed, you won't miss it. Okay, all the disclaimers and the promos are out of the way. Here he is, senior writer, Big Fight Weekend. Dot com Marquise Johns back with me with me. It's a shame there's nothing going on in the heavyweight division with uh Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, uh matchroom boxing, top rank boxing, premier boxing champions. We don't we don't really have anything to discuss this week, do we? On any of that? Slow news week, TJ. Sorry, these heavyweights aren't really doing anything for anybody, but you know, they are talking at least. I mean, it's progress. <laughs> and we have had it all come to a head. We thought, as we said on the previous podcast earlier in the week, the special one we did, we thought we were getting close to Fury uh, versus Anthony Joshua, August in Saudi Arabia. Although you and I, I- I'm going to trumpet for us. You and I have said skeptically for weeks and months, show me the money, follow the money, whatever line from whatever movie you like. And the money apparently uh, for weeks and months was never there. And the, and the sands and the hourglass ran out before uh, on Fury Joshua, we're talking about before the arbitrator could rule. And the arbitrator is now ruled that, Hey, Fury and Wilder need to be fighting a third time. This contract is valid. So Marquise, we were at the forefront of doubting Fury Joshua. And now for all intents and purposes, that fight is dead. It is not happening this summer. And we're on to the third fight with Fury and Wilder, right? Absolutely, TJ. And it's funny, just thinking back on it, like when they first announced this whole Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury mega fight, it was announced back on April 2020, pretty much during the pandemic when it was made officially that they were agreeing in principle to this two-fight deal, Saudi Arabia, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. A year and a half later, uh, the WBO (laughs) was forcing uh, Eddie Hearn to have a show show cause or pretty much saying, hey, where's the money after this fight that you've been holding our WBO mandatory (laughs) bout for over a year long for? And sure enough, there is no order, of course, TJ. What we got instead was uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, you know, challenging each other to bare knuckle fighting over the weekend. Good luck with that. So, yeah. It's a mess. Uh, mess. And so let's let's straighten it out as as it stands right now. You did mention since our last podcast, the WBO, as is their right with their belt, stepped in and said, "Okay, Eddie Hearn, as you just said, you've put this off for a year. You have to demonstrate that there's going to be an Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight with money, with a deal that's agreed upon or else we're now going to invoke Anthony Joshua has to fight Alexander Usyk coming up in the next 90 days. And if he doesn't then he's no longer the WBO champ. We'll take the belt, and you no longer have your undisputed hook for a future fight with Joshua and Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder now. So that's a huge leverage move. I mean, what this comes down to, we, we, can, we can do the whole nanny-nanny-boo-boo thing on all of this. What this comes down to is Eddie Hearn, for all the blather, for all the gas baggery, uh, whatever other fun metaphor we want to use, They didn't have the money for Joshua and Fury, and he kept stalling, wait till next week, wait till next week. They never came up with the money, Marquise. So that fight is disintegrated. And so now at this point, uh, Anthony Joshua was going to make about one-fifth the money, maybe even one-eighth of the money to fight Alexander Usyk, probably in the U.K., not in Saudi Arabia, and probably in an arena that has 1,000 or 2,000 fans in it to watch. And it's going to be on pay-per-view in the U.K., Europe, uh, et cetera. So that that's what we basically got now for the Joshua end of this, right? Yeah, pretty much, TJ. Uh, 
pretty uh, Eddie Eddie Hearn mentioned this week, you know, in relation to when he found out the the, the arbitration news and how he wasn't privy to the details, whether you believe that or not, it's another story for another day. We don't have we don't have that much time to believe this lie or not. But I really do think, TJ, what, what ha- will happen now with Anthony Joshua, they're gonna invoke this WBO order mandatory for Alexander Usyk, which was honestly, TJ, it's not a bad fight on paper. It's not the one that's gonna get you Saudi Arabia money in the Middle East, however, but sure. it's 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 a fun fight nonetheless, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. But it, it's definitely a WBO mandatory, and it's definitely for not the same amount of money. Okay, so that is the Joshua end of things. Let's let's speed along to what's happened now on Thursday at the time that we're taping, and we're going to talk more about the Jose Ramirez Josh Taylor fight itself again later on in this big fight weekend podcast. That's the biggest card. It's on ESPN. It's the top ranked showdown. Uh, for the 140-pound undisputed belts, WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO titles are all on the line. They had the press conference, Marquise. As you know, you were hanging in there for Big Fight Weekend, uh, the website, bigfightweekend.com, and watching all this. Uh, When the press conference was over, though, Bob Arum began to give interviews, including one to BoxingSocial.com. So at the time that we're taping this on Thursday night to release on Friday and for the weekend, Bob Arum has basically confirmed it is Wilder Fury and the target date is July 24th for Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. That was the place where they were trying to have the fight all last fall and winter before everything disintegrated in the first place last fall for uh, Fury Wilder 3. So Bob Arum put that out there. He believes that basically 60 days from the time that we're talking right now, right at uh, eight, nine weeks, that that would be the target. What is your reaction to that now that Aram is floating that it could be that quickly, not August, not September? The, the fact, TJ, that he already has plan B in place here for this Wilder Fury third fight already in a date and a location only just solidifies the fact, TJ, maybe he already knew beforehand this all started that that fight wasn't there or the fact that he probably couldn't get out of this contract with Wilder Fury for this third fight despite the fact we're going through a pandemic. And I TJ, I really think that's what, they, what this all comes down to. He tried to get out of this, this, uh, this third fight with this force majeure clause. Unfortunately, the courts were a little more lenient and, and uh, channeled back the Lennox Lewis uh, decision, and here we are with the third yep. fight. Rightfully so, cli- so. Let's clarify exactly what you're talking about. So the first yes. argument was, okay, there's a COVID-19 pandemic going on in 2020, mm-hmm. and so that delayed things. But now what Wilder basically said is you can't just use that as the reason why the contract doesn't exist. That I'm, I'm generalizing, but that was essentially his argument to the arbitrator, to the former federal judge, Daniel Weinstein uh, yeah. is his name, uh, the former California federal judge that they argued in front of. And we, we believe that they argued in front of him as much as 60 days ago. And he finally made the ruling in, mid, in mid-May. And a lot of times these arbitrators, these judges take weeks to go over case law, go over the arguments that were made, and then they make their ruling. And their ruling is usually a drawn-out ruling. In this case, only, only a nine-page ruling uh, on this. And to what you just said, the, uh, the apparent... A thrust of Wilder's argument with Shelly Finkel, his advisor, and his lawyers at the arbitration case was the Lennox Lewis 2001, 20 year ago, uh, federal argument in front of a federal court in New York, which was Hasim Rahman, who had beaten Lewis, can't just disregard the uh, the rematch clause. He can't. Yeah. He can't just disregard it because he wants to make more money to fight Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis cited uh, a couple of things in law and contract law 
And this present day judge, former judge in the arbitration, apparently not everybody has seen the order. I haven't seen the order, haven't seen the arbitration ruling, but those that have seen it say that throughout the nine pages, Marquise, he's referencing Lennox Lewis versus Rockman, federal court, Southern District of New York. Now we're being Judge Judy. Now we're being L.A. law, federal court, Southern District of New York. 2001 he's referencing that case over and over again as the reasons why i'm siding with deontay wilder here because i have this legal precedent and apparently at one point during his ruling he's he's basically saying that fury's side had no ample response to the legal precedent here they had no case they they suffered a knockdown, if not a knockout, on this legal point that Wilder was making. All right, pick it up. I've 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 gone on and on. I'm kind of like Eddie Hearn and Bob Arum. I'm going on and on, but pick it up here on what I just said about the arbitrator and his ruling that is going to set this Wilder Fury fight into motion. Absolutely, TJ. And it's funny that that ruling that that he, that that Judge Weinstein used. Uh, who knew that Lennox Lewis wanted to go film this movie called Ocean's Eleven would come back to haunt us two decades later? It's amazing, TJ. It really is. <laughs> But and I love it, those movies, and they're set in Vegas. And, yeah, he lost to Rockman just months after he had done the film scenes uh, with Vladimir Klitschko where uh-huh. the power goes out in the climactic scenes of the movie, and they're, they're, they have the big wrestling scrum in the ring. And then he got himself knocked out. But you're right. That set into motion the desire for the rematch, the legal challenge. All right, so pick it up on that. Absolutely, DJ. It's so funny that, out of all things, that movie is, is the cause of all of this. And it's great that we're getting this, but I really do think, DJ, the fact that Top Rank and Bob Aram side of the things, because Bob's a former attorney, and he knows this stuff already. He had no ample sponsor. He had no counter for this. And if he had no counter for us, he knew this was all coming all, all said and done. I really think what he was thinking, TJ, was that this Saudi money and whatever fictional amount that they were putting at the end of it, they figured that, that okay, we can, we can just trump this fight and go over that way. But they're giving us so much money. We can just pay Wilder whatever he wants and just to go away. But that clearly is not the case. And there's clearly no money over there. Well, right. And the money and the money went away as as quickly as maybe it was ever there. But I don't know that it was ever there for 70 million guaranteed for each fighter, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Again, one thing that I keep coming back to as we roll along on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, and I promise we'll get to the action with Taylor Ramirez. Marquise and I will be going over it. T.C. Martin joining us later in the podcast uh, here from Las Vegas, from Sin City to help set the stage. ESPN will televise uh, this title fight on Saturday night for the undisputed 140-pound crowd. Both, both these guys are active volume punchers, pretty big punchers. Going to be an entertaining fight. Mexico against Scotland in Las Vegas. Uh, here for this. So we'll get to that fight coming up, I promise. One of the things with boxing, much different than a lot of other sports, there's not a league, there's not there's not a commissioner per se. There are boxing yeah. commissions spread out all over the United States. There, there are boxing organizations spread out all over the world. There are boxing commissions in Europe, etc. And a lot of times they get run over by the money and by the promoters, etc., etc., to the point where the Bob Arums and the Eddie Hearns of the world in specific believe they can do whatever they want to get around the commission, get around the organization. Your point before, the WBO has been waiting for Alexander Usyk, their number one contender, to get a fight with Anthony Joshua for over a year as yeah. their number one contender. 
And basically, Eddie Hearn has kept everybody at a distance with this whole Joshua Fury thing. So now good on the WBO to come back around immediately and pounce on this this week and say, give us our fight. They've got the leverage back. Uh, in Aram's case, though, I believe they took the tack. They took the approach. We believe this contract is expired. And so we're going to do whatever we want. We'll let Tyson Fury go fight somebody else. Because remember, Marquise, he was supposedly going to fight somebody in England in December. He was yeah. wanting a stay busy fight last December, six months ago, and they were ready to let him go do that while the, uh, the, 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 the arbitration hadn't happened yet. So again, it just speaks to my point is this, that these promoters, a lot of time with their money, their huge financial money and backing uh, believe we can get away with whatever we want. We're going to do whatever we want. Another example, before you make a comment, when Eddie Hearn couldn't make the Julio Cesar a Chavez Jr. fight with Daniel Jacobs in Nevada because Chavez had ducked the drug tester mm -hmm. and had refused the pre-fight drug test, and the Nevada commission suspended him. Eddie Hearn basically said, okay, we'll do whatever we want. We'll go have the fight in Arizona. That's not how it's supposed to work, but that is what they did. So these guys get the mindset. They eventually had that fight, and Daniel Jacobs beat Chavez Jr. Uh, you know, basically a year and a half ago with Eddie Hearn uh, saying, okay, well, we won't fight in Nevada. We'll just go fight somewhere else, even while he's suspended. You get that mindset of we can we can do whatever we want, and what are you going to do about it? You're going to go to court? Well, Deontay Wilder went to arbitration, a version of the court, and got the ruling. Okay, finish up on that point. What is your take on we've enabled these promoters with all their money to almost have the mindset we can do whatever we want. We don't have to obey any organization's rules or commission's rules. We'll just We'll just go do whatever we want. It's, it's crazy, TJ, and you'd think it'd be a better it, – it, it calls for a better checks and balance system at some point because essentially what's, what's happening, TJ, is the classic case of big bank take little bank, and that's what's going on for the most part with boxing. It's been like that for way too long. Still waiting, by the way, TJ, for that minor league uh, a drug testing corporation for that Chavez-Jacobs uh, fight uh, to give me a call back because I'm still waiting to find out how, how the requirements are in case uh, Chavez Jr. really did press that test, by the way. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But we, we, yeah. need, we need a better system, TJ, because it's the, the, that this that part of the boxing is getting out of hand to the point where it has to be a level playing field, at least for the people participating, or at least the people that are promoting these fights. Where if if TJ say say you're promoting me and I want to get into a fight with you know say for kicks and giggles you know Tyson Fury, let's say that actually happens in, in some bizarre world of scenario right now. In order for that to happen, I have to go through me and you have to go through so many hoops and right. so much time and so much money. Oh, so with that, and with and with that in mind, where and at the end of the day, we still have to, and despite all of that, the one people that, that still have to approve us, not only does Topper have to approve us, if, if it goes to Nevada, there may be a possibility like uh, the Nevada State Commission may not accept yours truly to uh, face either right. way. So maybe I'll forget. And the organizations may not sanction it. The WBC in this case may not sanction it. So you're right. Mm -hmm. There's lots of obstacles, but money seems to correct all that to your point of big bank beats little bank yeah. on these deals. And um, we'll see. We'll see, uh, you know, uh, ultimately, if the winner of Fury Joshua goes or the winner, I'm sorry, of Fury and Wilder goes after Anthony Joshua and an undisputed crown. Will mm -hmm. it be undisputed? It, it looks as though it will be because Joshua doesn't have much alternative here if he wants to remain with three of the belts, but to fight Usyk, who's right in front of him. So we'll see on that. But just again, on the larger point, when, when you continue to enable 
the guys with all the money. You can even go back to the 80s and the 90s with Don King. I mean, Don yeah. King was corrupting the system for decades in the 70s, 80s, and 90s with the money that he had on get this guy ranked number one and we'll make a pay-per-view and it's it's fighting this this fighter that we have and everybody's going to make out, everybody's going to get paid, and suddenly yeah. his fighter's the number one ranked fighter, the fighter that he wants to be there that wasn't even ranked in the top 10. So the system has been corruptible for 40 or 50 years. And it's still ongoing, at least in this case, good on Deontay Wilder, who's back training, that he went and got the legal victory that's now going to pressure Aram, top rank, Tyson Fury, Queensberry Promotions, and everybody else uh, to uh, to come to the table and be part of this um, this fight that's coming this summer. And do you believe, do you believe that it is going to be in July or might it be a little bit later? I think, TJ, it's going to be a little bit later, only because I think they're going to – if, if, if all things are, are considered and all things are equal, I think they're going to let it out to see uh, how fast in Nevada they can have everyone at full capacity. Pretty much whenever they can get 100% capacity for fans in major sporting events and venues, not this uh, stuff that they're doing now in Vegas for the month and not when they're opening things up next month in July, because that's going to be like a phase one, phase two kind of thing, but probably phase three later on either like before. Pretty much, TJ, but by the time the NFL season kicks around, I expect this fight that be, be announced. Well, and so T.C. Martin's going to talk to us more about Vegas opening up in, in the next segment after the pause here in just a moment uh, and about this Taylor Ramirez fight. But if they can have it at Allegiant Stadium, which is the Vegas uh, big football stadium where the Las Vegas Raiders have the deal, uh, they can easily have 30,000 plus, probably 40,000 plus, even if it's not 100% capacity and so that's going to represent 5 million 10 million maybe 15 million in live gate which will help now here's the key uh, and we wrote about this on the website on bigfightweekend.com on thursday evening when aaron was making the comments the july 24th date is important marquise for fury wilder proposed third fight because that's before the nfl season before the nfl preseason and it mm -hmm. is also the week before an important soccer match is scheduled in that facility. And that is the CONCACAF Gold Cup. We'll explain okay. that just briefly. That is the conglomerate of the United States, Mexico, and South America playing international soccer tournament all summer here. And the championship match is on August the 1st on Saturday uh, or on Sunday night. Uh, August the 1st, they will play the championship match of the CONCACAF tournament. We believe with 30,000, 40,000 soccer fans that can be at Allegiant Stadium, that's the next week. So that's why the July 24th date is interesting. And then you get into the Las Vegas Raiders preseason football schedule where mm -hmm. they're playing a game with the Seattle Seahawks the weekend of August the 14th, and they're playing a home game with the L.A. Rams the next weekend, the weekend of August the 21st. So if you want to be at Allegiant Stadium, it appears to be July 24th is the smartest date. And I don't know if Allegiant Stadium has another event. I haven't looked yet in between the soccer on the 1st and the Raiders preseason two weeks later starting. So if you're trying to use that stadium, the 24th seems to be the date, the 24th of July, Marquise. One one more comment on that? Yeah, it's, it's going to be either be July 24th or bust, TJ. And I also want to throw in as well, uh, this college football season, uh, you're fine folks out, out of the whack. Uh, the UNLV running Rebels are playing at Allegiant Stadium this year for, uh, for all their home games as well. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a packed Saturday uh, for uh, football. And 
no room for boxing at, at Raiders. Yeah, State. a lot of the Saturdays will be filled up for September, so you want to go ahead and try to do this. And and Aram was making clear just one more point after the press conference for Ramirez and Taylor that on their timeline they want to have the Fury Wilder fight. And he would kept saying when when Tyson wins, we want the Joshua fight in December. So they would come right back five months later and have the Joshua fight in December on their timeline. Let Joshua fight Usyk. Likely he wins, but that that would be their thought process. But as we know, you you can't go too far ahead in any of these fights, any of these scenarios, any of these contingencies. But just for right now, this looks like what it's going to happen with uh, with Fury and Water. Why don't we do this? Marquise, hang in there. T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show in Las Vegas will be with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. On the other side, coming up to talk more about Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor. That is the Saturday night showdown in Las Vegas at the Virgin Hotel at the theater at the Virgin Hotel. TC's going to have more on that venue, fans being there, and more as the Big Fight Weekend podcast continues on. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're also brought to you in part by Roman. Look, nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes. It's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are also options. You can go to GetRoman.com SGP and find out more about ED. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional works with you, finds out the best treatment. If medication is appropriate, it'll ship out to you for free with two-day shipping. You get started by simply going to GetRoman.com SGP and get an online visit set up. Again, go to GetRoman.com SGP now. Get $15 off your first month. There's no straightforward way to take care of ED, but if you go to GetRoman.com SGP, you can get started now and save $15 off your first month of treatment with Roman. And we're brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their fantasy best ball tournaments, which are some of the best around, including Best Ball Mania 2, that tournament going on right now with your shot at a million dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlayed player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. And they have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and don't forget to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament right now for your chance at a million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. 
And we're brought to you in part by Odds Jam. If you're a sharp better, you need to sign up with Odds Jam as Odds Jam does your line shopping for you, finding the best prices on all bets, including player props. And Odds Jam even provides arbitrage opportunities where you can bet on both sides of the line at two different shops and make a guaranteed profit. And Odds Jam will also tailor itself to whatever betting market that you're currently in. As they like to say, dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Find out more, sign up, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam. Use our promo code SGP and get 5% off. Again, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam, and our promo code SGP saves you 5% with Odds Jam. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, DJ Reeves. As we do come back in and we get ready for the top-ranked boxing ESPN show, undisputed junior welterweight world title fight, Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. All the belts are on the line, and who better to give us some insight as I welcome Marquise Johns back in, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Let's swing out to Sin City, the unelected mayor, the velvet robes part for this man. The red carpet is always out uh, there in Vegas and for us. VTC Martin is back with us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. If we're setting the stage in Vegas, we can do it with no one else. Initials brother from another mother. How are you, my friend? I appreciate you guys. TJ Marquise, great to be with you guys again. Yes, boxing is back in Las Vegas. It feels good. It feels right. So let's go this Saturday night. So this is an interesting one because as we're making reference to, it's the first one with fans since the COVID-19 shutdown of everything last summer. They did have fights at the MGM Conference Center in the bubble. There have been fights with fans in other locales, as you know, TC and Marquise. But this is the first time with fans in Vegas. And TC, give us a little more insight on the Virgin Hotel, the former Hard Rock, the venue and what they're doing here. Go ahead. Yeah, so a lot of people may be familiar with the old Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino in the world-famous theater there uh, called The Joint. Uh, Housed a lot of concerts, housed a lot of boxing uh, matches back in the day. Uh, So when uh, Virgin took over the Hard Rock, uh, they did some remodeling and actually renamed it so it is no longer The Joint. So now we have to get used to calling it The Theater at The Virgin. So you can take that how you didn't say you it want. with the accent that we love the theater, the, the theater. theater. That's right. Yes. The theater. The, there you go. And I, I love that, uh, you know, Madison square garden. It's like, Oh, is it the garden? No, it's the theater in the Madison theater. square garden. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, very similar to that. Um, a thousand fans will be in attendance. They sold out in record time. So a lot of diehard bo- boxing uh, fans who've been looking forward to getting back to see some live uh, professional boxing they uh scooped up those uh, tickets very very quickly with top rank and uh so we are going to have a a very good card on saturday night like i said a thousand um the way they will construct this uh they'll have uh, fans uh, spread out a little bit but i think it's going to make for a pretty nice atmosphere because even with only a thousand fans in that venue it sounds pretty raucous and again with uh a great, you know, uh, fight on tap in the main event with uh, Taylor and Ramirez. I think fans are going to be very, very excited to get back to boxing here in Vegas. 
Okay, so one more on that from me. Uh, you've been around a lot of these. Again, you, you've been our go-to guy, whether it's Fury Wilder, which we've been talking a lot about a lot before you came on the podcast, the third fight proposed for Vegas later in the summer, uh, or some of these other title fights. You've been at Canelo Golovkin, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that Taylor and Ramirez are not the mega names, but still this is an important fight. Is there some buzz as we head towards the weekend in Vegas and in and around there uh, I realize the UK fans can't fly in and travel to see Josh Taylor. Bob Aram was lamenting that at the Thursday press conference. But is there some local buzz, some Vegas buzz uh, for some people coming in here as we get late in the week? What about it real quick? No, not really at all. I mean, this is one of these fights that uh, the casual boxing fan uh, really doesn't know too much about. I mean, that's that's the problem right now. And again, because it's so new, it's been such a long time since we've had, uh, you know, uh, a major fight with fans attending. Even when you had, you know, the fights like featuring Lomachenko and others that were in the MGM Grand Garden Convention uh, Center where no fans were allowed, uh, that was hard to get, uh, get any buzz. But I think this is different. The fact is, that you're dealing with two, I don't want to say no-name fighters, because if you're a boxing purist, you're going to know these guys, and you're going to look forward to this fight. And any boxing guy that you talk to, they're going to say, hey, I'm excited about this. Had Tim Bradley on my show yesterday, and obviously Tim involved with the, the broadcast with ESPN, very, very excited about it. ESPN is, is trying to hype this thing up. But again, I think because of where we are, where we're at right now, just coming off the pandemic and then not having that uh, a marquee fighter, even though these guys are both undefeated, they're both, uh, you know, fantastic, you know, junior welterweights, it's going to be a great fight. And I got a feeling that, you know, fans are going to be talking more about this next week than they are this week. I want to follow up on that TC. Uh, I really think at the end of the day, the reason why no one really knows about this fight, honestly, is because it's on the network. The network hasn't mentioned anything about this fight uh, at all, personally. And I didn't find out on my end and, you know, me doing the whole boxing media thing. They sent a press email saying, hey, we're dumping some content for Thursday and Friday for everyone to keep an eye out. Do you think pretty much what comes down to uh, TC is that top rank and or ESPN kind of dropped the ball on this in terms of promotion for it? This is an ESPN thing. You're right. The ESPN, I want to say, has dropped the ball. It's just, you know, again, it's 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 not going to resonate with the average sports fan when you are in the midst of the NBA playoffs, which ESPN is is, is the broadcast partner. Mm -hmm. uh, again, you have the NHL Stanley Cup, even though ESPN isn't broadcasting that, they are taking over next year. So a lot of with their digital content, they are focusing on the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as well, too. If I can add and, to uh, it, they've it was, got the golf major championship, the PGA yeah. championship also going on, and they got half yes. their personnel at yes. that thing. But by yep. the same token, they've known about this fight and this schedule of what would be going on with the NBA play-in and the PGA championship for weeks. And I kind of get Marquise's point. This is kind of on them to not be pumping it a little more at least last week or earlier in the week, right? Yeah, and you're going to see uh, some vignettes. You're going to see some stuff. Sports Center tonight and tomorrow, you're going to see a little bit more of that. But again, leading up to it, it just does not have the feel of a major fight. And ESPN isn't treating it that way. And again, um, you know, when you don't have their standard 
daily talk shows, you know, first take, if they're not talking about it, yeah. then it's going to get buried. And the reason why they're not talking about it, because it is low hanging fruit. I hate to say this. We, we all love boxing and we know yeah. that we're going to see a heck of a fight on Saturday night. But again, when you don't have a Canelo Alvarez or a Lomachenko or Telefimo Lopez, if you don't have those guys involved, um, you know, it, it's going to struggle. And now the winner of this fight, uh, you know, are they going to, you know, be able to build off of this? If it's a classic fight, like we think it is, then yes, for the future, but for the next 48 hours or so, no, it's not going to get much love. Yep. Four belt championship on the line. Again, Josh Taylor is Scottish. Jose Ramirez, Mexican, uh, but has fought several times in the United States. And just another more uh, moment or two for TC Martin with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, however you're finding us, however you're hearing us, find TC five days a week in Las Vegas, tcmartinshow.com. We love the initials, brother, from another mother, TC Martin Show. Uh, com and you know the intent here again is there's going to be a series of fights in vegas in the coming uh couple three months here and just give us the insight that the plan is june 1st they're going to go to 100 percent capacity at, at events etc and vegas will open up much more correct tc for these venues uh and for bigger crowds than what we're going to see just with ramirez and taylor yeah, like right now, it's uh, it's very strange because the city itself is in, in 80% capacity. They're allowing like for restaurants and things of that nature. Shows still have not fully come back. And even for the Golden Knights, the arena seats uh, 18,000 and we're seeing about 8,600 uh, is the max that they are allowing there. So not quite 50% uh, that, that is allowed. So it really depends, I guess, really on the venue and uh in the way the governor sees it so uh, every event is a little bit different because obviously the theater uh holds a, a lot more you know than <laughs> than two or three thousand fans but they're only allowing a thousand fans for this fight on, on saturday night but the hope is that come june 1st it's 100 percent. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have uh, you know full capacity available at golden knights games or uh the aces games or anywhere else. Las Vegas Aces have their home opener coming up on Friday night, and uh, they're only limiting 2,000 fans uh, hmm. at that arena that holds 9,000. So it's kind of a give and take. I know there's some frustration you know, with, uh, with Bob Arum and Top Rank and even Dana White and UFC, how many fans hmm. that they are allowing to these events. And uh, you know, it's really a work in progress as far as you know, fans going back to the arena here in Las Vegas. All right. Fair enough on all of that. Listen, we know you've got to run. We always love the insight uh, for anything that's going on out in the desert in Sin City and mixing it up with you. Well, we have much love for you. Hopping on on the podcast whenever we need you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Marquise, we just got to make sure that uh, the TC, the unelected mayor, if he chooses to roll up here on the Virgin Hotel, that they part the velvet ropes and the, and the red carpet and let the unelected mayor get in there with the fans for Ramirez against Taylor on Saturday night. Right, Marquise? I mean, T if TC is there, then we know that's the golden seal on how big a deal this is. Absolutely, TJ. Uh, TC wouldn't be, you know, going to any of these jobber fights in Vegas. This is the main event here for 140-pound belts are on the line. It's, it's a big deal. Four belt world championship fight. He's been at the Golden Knights hockey games for the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, for this weekend. Marquise and I do this show out of the Tampa Bay area. The defending cup champion Lightning are looking good in their opening round series with the Florida Panthers. Could we get a little Lightning 
Vegas Golden Knights Final Four or Stanley Cup? Might that be coming too? Might be a little hey, fun with thought, that. I know we, we're crossing over. We sports, thought we man. might have had that a couple of years ago, and even last right. year, if you remember, we thought that could be. But uh, there's some team down south that couldn't get out of the first round a couple of years ago. I can't remember the name <sighs> yeah, of that team. Right. Yeah. This guy. Some well, yeah, right. That would be the lightning. White. That would be the lightning yeah. that have two Stanley Cups and the yeah. Vegas oh, Golden yeah. Knights don't have one yet. So we'll That's see right. what yeah. happens with yeah. that with the barbs. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, great to be with you. <laughs> Keep knocking them dead on the TC Martin show five days a week. We love the insight. We want them to find you and follow you on Twitter at TC Martin 21. He's a great follow for all things Vegas. Big cross the board uh, sports betting guy. Loves baseball for this time of the year. The basketball playoffs, the hockey playoffs at TC Martin 21. Follow him there. Find him there as you're hearing us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. My initials, brother, from another mother, you did great. Thank you for the insight out in Vegas. We appreciate it. All right. Good seeing you, TJ. Marquise, be well. Knock him dead. Always love the insight of that man, Marquise. We have a lot of fun with T.C. Martin whenever he is on, and he, he will not find his way, I didn't sense, to the theater uh, there at the Virgin Hotel for this uh, fight. But, I mean, he did bring up a good point. It's kind of an intimate uh, arena. They're going to have a 1,000 people there, and it will probably be loud. And relate this for the Big Fight Weekend audience. You were at the top-ranked show in Kissimmee, Florida, middle of mm-hmm. the state, about an hour and a half from where we live. You were there for the Emmanuel Navarrete title defense of his uh, 126-pound featherweight title fight. Edgar Berlanga was on the undercard, and there was a nice atmosphere. It was not half full, not completely full, but it was still a loud atmosphere when you were at that top-ranked show last month in April. Absolutely, TJ. It was a raucous crowd at the the Osceola Heritage Sports Park in Kissimmee. And it's funny because that venue it has in the, uh, the rodeo center portion of it, which sits normally about 13, 14,000. <laughs> but of course, with COVID restrictions, they only had about 3,000 their tops. And that place reverberated. It was, it was, it was still, it was still great. It was, it, it was intimate. And that's it. And that's the thing with these, these spy cars this weekend are going to be with, with top ranked, especially the ones in June. And it was loud. You were saying to me, you couldn't tell if they were piping some noise in or if it was just the crowd, but it was loud in the arena. And it may very well be, we'll see Saturday night that a thousand make enough noise or 1200, whatever they have, or 900, they make enough noise where there's some atmosphere. There's some crowd, especially if the action is hot and heavy, right? To that point. Absolutely, TJ. And uh, TC was mentioning to us that this is the uh, fiat. Uh, so I'm assuming with what, as far as the <laughs> renovations, they're going to have the, uh, the uh, an updated sound system. So this may sound louder than I expect on Saturday night, TJ, now that I think about it. I can, I can tell you that uh, this is now 20 years ago. Uh, just a quick story on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. This is why you love us. And I promise we're going to get to the fight because we haven't gotten to the fight card. ESPN will televise Saturday night. ESPN Plus has the undercard fights. And then mm-hmm. Big ESPN is televising Saturday night. Undisputed junior welterweight world title fight. Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez uh, coming up. That 20 years ago, TJ and wife, Mrs. Reeves, went to Las Vegas in the summer in July, July 4th weekend. That is one of the hottest times that I can ever remember in my entire life where it was 100 degrees at night in the desert, just like they tell you, uh, in the summertime in Vegas from June until probably even uh, late August. It's it's 95 or 100 at night. I'm talking about 11 p.m., midnight. It's 100 degrees oven hot, not humid. All right. So I had gone and played golf earlier in the day. This was on, I think, July 3rd, 
July 3rd for the July 4th weekend before the fireworks. It had been over 110 at the golf course. I drank liter after liter, gallon after gallon of water, Gatorade. I was like a raisin, Marquise, like a prune <laughs> trying to hydrate. So that night, we had gotten tickets to go see the comedian John Liguanzamo, the actor-comedian. If you know that name, he's from New York. He's funny. I don't know if you're a fan of his. We yes. had been a fan of his as the actor. Very funny, very raunchy show. He was performing one night only on this night in that area that that uh, TC has been talking about to us that's now the theater, and it was known as The Joint in uh, the Hard Rock. <laughs> So I have been there, not for boxing, but I have been in that venue before it was renovated because yeah. Liguanzamo probably had about 2,000 people spread out at, we were sitting in the floor area where they had seats up to the stage, but they also had a seating area with tabletops. We were sitting back at the tabletops. We were probably about 100 feet, maybe 100 feet from him. They had video up on the video walls of him pacing back and forth, doing his comedy routine. He's very funny, and he, yeah. he went on for 90 minutes. Uh, they had a balcony, though, that had seating and had a full balcony, too, uh, for those charges. So, again, that's the theater that he's talking about for Ramirez and Taylor that's been renovated inside of what's now the Virgin Hotel on the end of the Las Vegas Strip. You'll see it a bunch on ESPN. They'll be showing it off with fans there. Anyway, I just thought I would share that with you. I think I rehydrated about 2003 after being there in July of 2001. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, because, yeah, this, this, this is the worst sales pitch ever. I want no part of this 110 degrees not at in, all. Not in July. No, not no, in July. No, and that's the, that's the reason why when they were having those outdoor fights in Vegas – uh, there was always concern with the heat, remember, and the fighters hydrating yeah. back in the 80s and the 90s because it was every bit of 95 or 100 degrees when Sugar Ray Leonard uh, – now, that was an April fight. Leonard, Leonard and, uh, and, and the late Marvin Hagler, Hagler yeah. and, and Thomas Hearns, those were April fights. But some of those fights – uh, were in June or in July, like the Holmes Cooney old school 1982 fight. That was like a June fight, and it was like a oh. hundred degrees out there. Mm. They would they would fight some other ones, and it was a hundred degrees even at night uh, for the fights. So uh, they began to plan around that for the outdoor arenas after that. So anyway, um, all right. So let's get to this fight card. Enough about it. Let's get to the intrigue. Ramirez. Uh, Taylor, again, the, the biggest win for each of their careers, got them the unified titles. Jose Ramirez beating Maurice Hooker by sixth-round stoppage uh, to get his belts. Meanwhile, uh, the WBO, I believe, keep me straight here, and the WBC belts belong yep. to Ramirez. Taylor mm -hmm. has the IBF belt, and he won the WBA belt in October of 2019, winning the World Boxing Super Series finale on a 12-round decision in London over Regis Progress, our yep. guy from the Bayou who had the WBA belt and was previously unbeaten. Uh, so Taylor, that's Taylor's biggest win. That's Ramirez's biggest win. That sets the stage now for undisputed title fight Saturday night ESPN coming up. More thoughts from you, please, Marquise. Absolutely, TJ. This, this fight for 140-pound belts for all of them. Uh, also, let's not forget, TJ, the ever-so-prestigious Ring Magazine title because that's a thing <laughs> still. <laughs> got, got throwing the ring in there. Uh, yeah, no, it's, this, this fight, TJ, honestly, I really am disappointed the fact that ESPN is putting it on the back burner because it's playoff season. But it's a really good fight, and 
in terms of the, this top rank schedule, TJ, this is the best fight on the schedule probably for the next three months that they've booked out so far. They've booked out all these June cards. And these June cards, TJ, uh, I, I mean, I love Lomachenko, but... <laughs> not a title know, fight. Yeah, it's not, Shakur it's not a title Stevenson, fight. it's not a title fight, right? Yeah. So, oh, all right. Uh, in terms of styles here, both of these guys again are volume punchers. Yes. Uh, Ramirez is a is a big time uh, body puncher. He worked Maurice Hooker over uh, yeah. with the body punches. What what does this one come down to for the audience that's tuning in Saturday night? What do you think it comes down to? I think TJ that uh, it it comes down to who's going to have the most style points in this fight over the course of a. Uh, of 12 rounds. This, this is one of those fights, TJ, where it's not going to go. It's not going to be, I don't think there's a stoppage or a knocked out by either one of these guys in this fight. It's just, is this one of those fights where we expect it to be one of those weird, like crazy wars, but it's one of these wars where these guys are upright at the end of it. That's my thinking on that. And I think once that's said and done, I think Taylor wins on points. Interesting. I disagree with you. And let's get into the odds. Taylor is favored. Yes. The Scotsman is favored. As we mentioned with TC, typically on one of these for a Vegas weekend, there might be, if all things were equal, several hundred or a couple of thousand British fight fans and Scottish fight fans that would be there yeah. because of the travel restrictions right now. They're not able to get into the United States. So Josh Taylor's not going to have a bunch of country uh, men and women, a bunch of UK fight fans are not going to be there. I I think, uh, I mean, he is favored, though. Go over the odds for our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And for those that are interested in short-term investment on Saturday night, what are the odds uh, here for Saturday night's uh, undisputed 140-pound title fight? Absolutely, TJ. At the time of this recording, uh, the odds for this Ramirez-Taylor's undisputed fight are uh, Taylor's favorite at a negative 225, minus 225, and uh, Ramirez's Ramirez is uh, the underdog at plus 175. Funny thing, TJ, to bring it back to your, your Vegas story. Not only did you go to Vegas to see John Lake Lozano, John Lake Lozano himself was on Twitter this week rooting on Jose Ramirez to win this really? fight as well. Look at you breaking news to me. <laughs> I love uh, I love Liguanzamo with all the characters and all the acting and, and all the stuff. Uh, so that's great. So he's he's a fight fan. And he's going. He's backing Jose Ramirez, and so too am I. I think Ramirez wears down Josh Taylor and eventually stops him, like in a late round. What is our under-over proposition for Taylor the Ramirez? The over/under on this one, TJ, is ten and a half. Uh, if, if you think it's going to be a stoppage fight, uh, if, if, at ten and a half, it's a plus three hundred five, which wow. I just don't see it personally. I think these guys are going to go to distance on this, but I. I did find what's funny, TJ. If if you were picking Taylor to win, however, there is a if you can somehow pick the round that he gets this guy to knock out of there in, the, in terms of like the actual exact round. <laughs> uh, round nine, for example, TJ Taylor plus twenty eight hundred. So if you're able to parlay that dynamite stick on a on a bomb wow. on a hail mary like that, be my guess. But I think it's going the distance either way. <laughs> All right, so we'll see what happens with uh, with this one. And on the undercard, while we are right here, uh, interesting, uh, you've got a couple of different fighters. Jose Zapata in the same 140-pound junior welterweight division. And Zapata was involved in what we believe was probably the fight of the year in 2020. Pick it up, Marquise, because Zapata back in action Saturday night on the top-ranked undercard. Absolutely, TJ. If those who didn't see uh, Jose Cepeda taking on Ivan Baranchik last year, well, you're in luck. Uh, Cepeda's back in action this go-round, uh, taking on a uh, replacement opponent, Hank Hammer and Hank Lundy. It's been a while for Hank Lundy, TJ, and it's funny because the original opponent for uh, uh, Cepeda here, Pedro Campbell, was rejected by the Nevada State Commission. Had a better record again. than Lundy and had better opposition on a resume, per se, than Lundy as well, but 
on three weeks notice, you can take what Nevada says you can take, and that's Hank Lundy, and he's in action on, in the co-main event for this one. And on the uh, the also on the undercard here for this one, you're interested in Elvis Rodriguez, who's another yes. junior welterweight as a prospect, right? Tell us a little more, real quick. Big time, super lightweight prospect, Elvis Rodriguez, uh, managed and trained by Freddie Roach. Uh, he's in action on his our card as well. I think he's going to kick off the ESPN portion starting at eight o'clock Eastern our time here, TJ. And he's going up against uh, a prospect that they had for a couple of years now, Kenneth Sims Jr. Kind of kind of under underwhelmed on there, and so sort of this is one of those fights to see who 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 stands where in the in the, in the rankings of things here uh, on on the ladder chains they move up to one forty. And we mentioned Zapeda again in the co-feature here. Jose Ramirez did defeat him by decision WBC title fight back in February 2019, two years ago. Right after that, Ramirez stopped Maurice Hooker to get the unified titles, the WBC and WBO belts that he has. He also has a decision win out of the bubble uh, the Vegas bubble that we were talking about last August over Russia's Victor Postal. They were trying to make that fight in 2020 over and over again, and the pandemic obviously delayed it, delayed it. They finally fought it in late August, and Ramirez won that one by majority decision. So those are the recent fights for um, uh, Jose Ramirez. For Josh Taylor, we mentioned the progress win, and then he had a, a nondescript stay-busy fight with a, a, uh, a tight yeah, uh, Kong Song from Thailand was his number one mandatory by the IBF, and he knocked Oof. off he not he knocked out Kong Song faster than we could spell Kong Song in the first round <laughs> back in September. That's been his only fight since the Progress fight in October of 2019, and so he's fought basically one round, right? Not even one round since the Progress fight for Josh Taylor, the Tartan Tornado, uh, coming in on this one all right before we get out of here on the big fight weekend podcast i always have to ask you about any other fights any other fight cards worldwide i do know there's an english uh show with middleweight sam eggington uh headlining and highlighting in the main event commonwealth middleweight title fight 12 rounder earlier in the day on england uh on, on uh, british summertime about five hours ahead of eastern time you'll obviously have an eyeball or two on that anything of note on that uh, on that english fight card uh outside of that main event tj not really but i would have want to mention uh sam eggington most known during the pandemic during that whole eggs and uh, ted uh, ted Ch- chessman uh, eggs and cheese fight at uh, hearn square garden last year during the pandemic <laughs> he's back in action he's facing uh, a name from yesteryear former ibf middleweight champion carlos molina who is still fighting at age 37 most most known from tj as the guy who uh Won the title, but lost to Corliss Bundridge back in 2013. This has been that long since he had this title, by the way. So he's wow. it, and this is for the WBC uh, regional title. I think it's the silver title. What that means in layman's terms for everyone in English here is that this is going to rank uh, the winner of this fight moves up the WBC chart uh, at 160. We all know at 160 it's, it's uh, uh, Charlos uh, until anyone says otherwise at WBC, but that's who what, what, what happens with this one. Right. So at, at middleweight, Jamal Charlo, Jamal Charlo has the WBC. Uh, championship he will be in action next month in houston uh fighting another wbc contender um juan montiel Montiel. juan macias montiel will be the uh will be the fighter that he's fighting in june in houston the ibf champion is some guy named Gennady golovkin who's maybe looking at unification fight with charlo or somebody else uh demetrius andrade is the wbo unbeaten champion and japan's uh, Ryota Murata is the WBA champion at middleweight. So the middleweights, it, it's kind of convoluted. There's four different champions and they're all represented by different outlets and different promoters. So what's going to end up happening here? 
um, uh, with this. We'll we'll wait and see how the middleweight division shakes out. I, I don't know that Eggington uh, can get involved, and I know there's a couple of others uh, in, in the middleweight division that want to get in the mix for title shots. Uh, Andre's been calling him, calling out anybody that'll fight him. Andre's biggest problem, though, is he ha- he had not one but two previous opportunities to sign with premier boxing champions who wanted him to fight one of the Charlos, and he hasn't done it. So I don't yeah. think you're going to see an Andre Charlo fight anytime soon. But I wrote on the website earlier this week, Jermall Charlo Gennady Golovkin might be attractive for later in the year for a unification fight if Golovkin wants to fight on a PBC pay-per-view with Fox, if they're still with them or with Showtime or whatever. You intrigued by that? I am, TJ. If we, if we can get Golovkin to fight somebody again, that's not these, these god-awful IBF mandatory fights or freaking Steve Rolls. I mean, an actual human being. Yeah. Because let's be honest, TJ. Golovkin hasn't faced natural human beings since uh, the Dervichenko fight, which a lot of people still to this day think he lost, actually. I mean, you could, you could argue it. But no, Golovkin needs to face, face actually somebody, and I think that would be a good one if that can, if that can come to fruition, if they can, if they can agree. Apparently, uh, Golovkin's still working with Eddie Hearn on things, and Hearn and PBC just aren't working on fights, apparently. Just the way it is. So right. we'll see how what happens. So Eggington is the main event against Carlos Molina. That one in England. And again, the bigger fight card is the ESPN uh, main event. Three fights scheduled on it. Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. Again, Taylor unbeaten. Ramirez unbeaten. And as Marquise has already put it out there, this is one of the best top-ranked shows that you're going to have all summer that we get now on the weekend before Memorial Day coming in Las Vegas with fans, Marquise. Excited to see that one more time this weekend to see if there's some atmosphere uh, that is in that. And you and I are on opposite sides. You like Josh Taylor by decision. I like Ramirez by stoppage in this one. We'll see who ends up right on that. Any final words, any final thoughts before we get out of here, sir? Uh, just one, TJ. Uh, looking forward to uh, next month, actually, because now we're, we're done with May here. June's going to heat up. Way too many fight cards on June 19th, but they are making yeah. uh, their inroads and whatnot. At the end, at the end of June, uh, uh, Tang Davis had his press conference today, talking with uh, against looking at looking at Mario Barrios for the most part. Interesting fight, TJ. I mean, Davis walks around at 170, but this is for 140 pounds. So we'll see how this all how this all turns out in the ring for him. <laughs> Well, and you mentioned on June 19th, that's the Jamal Charlo Showtime uh, battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also got the Triller Fight Club uh, fight card in Miami that will take yep. place on that night. Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosas, where they've astronomically overpaid uh, for that fight. That yeah. undisputed lightweight title fight is also on the 19th. And help me, what else is on the 19th? That's Jaime Munguia in uh, El Paso, El Paso number one contender for the WBO middleweight version. Again, Munguia is another contender that wants a middleweight title shot with Demetrius Andrade or somebody else. He's fighting in the main event, a delayed main event uh, from April because his opponents kept getting injured. So yeah. Munguia is fighting that night in El Paso, Texas, and Chavez Sr. is fighting an exhibition fight in Mexico that night against Hector Camacho Jr., Chavez Sr., the Hall of Famer, against the son of the late Hall of Famer, Hector Camacho, Hector Camacho Jr. That is also June the 19th. So all of those fights are stacked up there on the same night. And of course, and not next to cut you weekend, off, TJ, but let's, let's, let me not forget as well, because I, I wait on uh, uh, at Stoltz Us. Uh, uh, the monster, anyway, is in action against Hot and oh, Spicy. Right. Uh, Top rank. Well. But uh, anyway, <laughs> from Japan, the monster, it's not, it's a mandatory, right? It's not. 
a big time fight no. uh, for him in, in his bantamweight title showdown. But this is one of the guys that's pound for pound, one of the best action fighters out there. Yeah. All of those fights on June the 19th, Marquise is going to need, it's like me with the NCAA tournament. Marquise is going to need extra screens, extra TVs, iPads, laptops. He might need the IV with the wires right out of the back of the TV, straight into a vein to take all of these fights in uh, for, uh, for June 19th. We'll see. And, of course, we got Devin Haney and uh, and what uh, Jorge Linares, uh next week. Uh, WBC lesser lightweight title. Uh, Teofimo Lopez has the title uh, for the WBC at 135. But that Haney uh, fight, that DAZN Golden Boys show is coming next weekend. We'll talk more about that next weekend. For now, we're done. Plug one more time your social media, the website, et cetera. Absolutely, TJ. Uh, BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll, we'll keep an eye on the fights going on this weekend uh, out in, the, uh, in ESPN. Hopefully, if, 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 if Aiken does anything crazy, I'll keep an eye on that as well. I'm not expecting much anything out of the ordinary uh, overseas in, uh, in the UK. But pretty much BigFightWeekend.com, guys. Also follow us on uh, me on Twitter, at Radio, and, and follow the yeah, Big Fight Weekend Twitter as well, at BigFightWeekend. And find us on Facebook. We often put a bunch of our stories and a bunch of our content on Facebook. Searches Big Fight Weekend. You find us there. You find us on social media. We love tweeting about the historical perspective. I haven't mentioned it till right now. Again, I'm a little older than you. I idolized Sugar Ray Leonard uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, the Hall of Famer. The Hall of Famer cannot be 65 years old. Am I that old of a man that Sugar Ray Leonard is now 65, the former Olympic champion, the former multi-time world champion? And we can't wait. In a couple of weeks, Showtime is rolling out the documentary for the four kings, Leonard, Roberto Duran, Thomas Hearns, and the late Marvin Hagler. Can't wait for that. Sugar Ray, 65 and looking great earlier this week. I cannot believe that, my friend. No, it is crazy, TJ. And he looks great for 65. I saw him on a video actually earlier this week. I, uh, As you well know, TJ, there's this boxing game coming out. We had Todd Grisham on. He's part of it. Whenever it comes out at some point this millennium and lifetime. But they showed pictures <laughs> of, of Sugar Ray Leonard actually being in the game itself. So it, it's it's crazy that he that it's, he's 65. He still looks the same, TJ. It's amazing. <laughs> it really yeah, he has, he has been something else and has lived basically a 40-year, 45-year life in the limelight in the sport. One of the iconic guys. I mean, he goes along with, um, I I will just share this. Can I digress for one second? My father turned 75 on Tuesday. Congratulations and happy birthday to my dad, Thomas Reeves Sr. That same day, Reginald Martinez Jackson, the Reggie Jackson, Reggie, Reggie Reggie. from the New York Yankees, the, the legendary home run hitter. He turned 75 also. And that was on Tuesday of this week, right after Sugar Ray Leonard turned 65 on Monday. Um, and so Reggie was known as Mr. October for all the home runs in the world series. It was always in October. He would always hit the home man runs. that stirs the drink. There you go. So you knew him by the name, Mr. October, you knew Ray Leonard by sugar Ray. Whenever anybody yes. would say sugar, it's like iron Mike, you knew him by iron Mike, you know, in the present day, Canelo Alvarez by Canelo, you yes. know, them by that single name. If you said Air Jordan, everybody knew, or Magic, or Bird, Bird. but one name, but especially the nickname, Mr. October. If you say sweetness in American sports, everybody knows that's Walter Payton, Payton. for example. (laughs) And so Sugar Ray, uh, born a day apart uh, 10 years later from Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. Sugar Ray Leonard, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. That's amazing. And I know you want me to throw this in there. 
that on Wednesday, he, I know he died some 20 years ago, the late Andre the Giant would have been 75 years ago Wednesday. Wow. So how about that for a litany of birthdays? Sugar Ray Leonard Monday, Reggie Jackson Tuesday with my father, both 75 years old, and Andre the Giant would have been 75 years old on Wednesday. Iconic. I love I, it, my friend. We, I absolutely iconic. Imagine seeing Andre the Giant right now at age 75. He's still lumbering around, by the way. That'd be incredible. <laughs> it would have it would have been, and it was amazing to watch him as big as he was just captivate wrestling and the wrestling audience and sell it. And you talk about somebody that could go all over, not just North America, but go all over Europe, and everybody knew who he was. Absolutely. And the same thing with yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard. They knew who he was all over Europe, all over North America, um, uh, again, uh, boxing transcends all this. Just like when you say the greatest, that was his name, Muhammad yeah. Ali. The great, when you knew who that was, when you said the greatest, and they knew him worldwide for all these, uh, for all these fights. So that's what boxing does. Anyway, we have a great time with this. Find the website, bigfightweekend.com. Marquise, great job. Enjoy Taylor Ramirez, ESPN Saturday night. We'll be writing about it in the preview mode all weekend. Uh, recap mode as well. We'll come back with another edition to close out May of this podcast next week. Marquise, great stuff. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, DJ. By the way, anybody listening, catch this fight this Saturday night. If, if, if you got to catch one fight, it's going to be this one. They, they even moved it up early on ESPN TV. Thank God. Don't I'm not waiting around till one o'clock in the morning for this. So catch Amen. it before prime time. And it's going to be a good one. It's going to be yeah. a good one. You and I are on opposite sides. You've got the Scotsman, Taylor. I've got the Mexican, Californian uh, Ramirez in this one. Let's see what happens. Anyway, thanks to T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show in Vegas. We're done for now. Subscribe, subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Find us through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, we always love their promotional help. We're done for now. Read the site, bigfightweekend.com as well, here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.